Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about praying. Not just praying for yourself, but praying for your business, praying for your church, praying for your department that maybe you manage. Um, And I want to talk to you about focused prayer. You know, a lot of people pray, but they they pr- pray in with a very kind of a broad brush. They 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 pray in very broad terms. Uh, but I want you to understand the power that you have in focused prayers. You know, whether you're the owner, a manager, an executive, a deacon, um, a pastor. You need to know and understand the power that's in a focused prayer. You know, John D. Rockefeller attended prayer meetings twice a week, and he said that was a part of his success. Um, Anthony Rossi, who's the founder of Tropicana, he had daily prayer sessions in his office throughout his time there, and up until the time he sold his business. You know, most of, uh, you know, both of these men's successes are unquestionable, and yet they both understood the importance of prayer in their business. See, God not only cares about you, but He cares about your business. He cares about the company you work for. God uses your business or your department to change lives, to even possibly reach others for Christ. So it's really important that we understand the power of focused prayers. When we pray, it helps us to acknowledge several things. Number one, it helps us to acknowledge he is the real owner. He's the real owner of your business. It helps us to acknowledge that he is in control. We're not in control. He's in control. The first time that you have a major problem in your business or church, you're going to understand that God's in control, not you. And third, when we pray, it helps us acknowledge that He is our Lord. So first, let's recognize that prayer is much more than merely talking to the Lord in a really spiritual-sounding way by using all the thous and these and and all of this uh, Elizabethan uh, type of English. You know, first of all, prayer is communication with God. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines communication as the act or process of using words, sounds, signs, behaviors to express or exchange information or to express your ideas, thoughts, and feelings to someone else. That's a great definition, right? So our prayers are much more than just merely speaking to Him and sounding holy. It's a two-way conversation. He's wanting also to convey His thoughts, His feelings, His knowledge, and His direction to you. You know, I'll never forget one time when when I was I had felt like I was supposed to go to this city and have seven weeks. Uh, just one day a week, but seven weeks of services on a Friday night. No doubt in my mind that God had told me to do this. And uh, began praying about, Lord, where would you have us do this? Where would you? And I prayed for weeks, Lord, where, where do you want us to do it? Do you want me to do it at a hotel? 
and then get the word out? How do you want me to do it? And I was just praying and praying and praying, and finally I was in prayer, and it was such a powerful sound in my spirit. And the Lord just said to me, if you'll shut up and let me talk, I'll tell you. And it was was really a miraculous thing that he did. I'm not going to go into details of that right now. But the thing of it is, is that God not only wants you to talk to him, but he wants to talk to you. And we need to learn his voice. And the only way that you're going to do that sometimes is just to shut up and let him speak to you, right? So prayer is more than just speaking words to God. It is a two-way conversation that he wants to have with us. Now, let me ask you this question. Now, how well would your business or your church or your department run if you came into work and you didn't talk to anybody and you didn't let anybody talk to you? How well would your business run? No communication. How? Let me ask you this. How would your spouse feel or your significant other? How would they feel if you never spoke to them and never allowed them to speak to you? Wouldn't be together very long, would you? Right? That's why it's so important to communicate with God. Why? Communication is a sign of relationship. The more information that we share between two people, the closer the relationship becomes. So the more that you spend time in prayer, not just sharing your heart with God, but let God share his heart with you, the more that you do that, the closer you're going to feel to him in your relationship with him. He wants to speak to you. It's why it's so so important to take the time to listen. You got to listen. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Right? So it's a great passage to help you to understand. Spend time in prayer. Uh, You know, call out to him, but then let him talk, right? So prayer is communication. Next, prayer is communion with God. In Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 8, it says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give to thee. I say unto you, though he will not arise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will arise and give him as much as he needs. There's, there's a communion that goes on. You know, in, in uh, Jude chapter 1 Verse 20, now this is in the Living Bible translation. It says, But you, dear friends, must build up yourselves ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. You know, communion with God changes your inner world. When you commune with Him, and you're not just merely talking to Him, but you're listening, you're communing with Him. When you commune with God, it'll change your inner life. It'll, you know, communion with God changes your outer circumstances. When you commune with him, you spend time with him, you show your love to him in in that relationship, it actually causes your circumstances to change. You know, it's not like you got to go to God and beg him. God wants, you know, the Bible says that God's come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. He wants you to have an abundant life. But more importantly, he wants to commune with you. You know, so, you know, he, that, that's part of what, what our prayer is. That's part of what prayer is. 
Next prayer is our commitment to God. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The whole 11th chapter of Luke is talking about prayer. It begins with his disciples asking him in verse 1, teach us to pray. Notice he, they did not say, teach us how to pray. They said, teach us to pray. And so it's important that you realize you, you need to pray. You need to spend time with the Lord. How much time? I'm not going to get into that. All I'm saying is, is that you need to have a relationship where you and he can commune together, talk together, reason together. You need to be able to do that. It will give you such great peace in your life. So in verse 9, we see these three levels of commitment. First, he says, ask. Right? This is verbal. And it's about our desire. What is in our heart? It comes out of our mouth. So, it, it you know, we ask. It's a, it's a verbal thing. It's about our desire. Next, he says, seek. And when you seek, this is a mental thing. It, it's about our devotion, our devotion to pursue him. And let me give you this wisdom seed. Proof of desire is pursuit. If you truly desire the things that you want from God, if you truly desire something, you will pursue it. Proof of desire is pursuit. And then the last thing he does, he said, knock. So he says, ask, that's desire. Seek, that's devotion. Knock, that's physical. It's about our determination. In Proverbs 8 and 17, he says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Seek, it's determination. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to the left. I'm not going to go to the right. I am focused. I am determined. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to continue to seek the Lord. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to have this relationship with him, regardless of what the outside circumstances look like. We've already said that prayer will help change your outer circumstances, and it will, because it'll change you. In the Greek, when we look in Luke chapter 11, when it says, ask, seek, Knock, right? In the Greek, those words are continuous action words. So in other words, he's saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. You know, so what are some of the reasons that people don't pray? I mean, because, I, you know, I know people, you know, and they tell me, you know, I struggle. I want to pray. I try to spend time with the Lord. I just don't, I just don't have a good prayer life. Okay, well, let's look at some of the reasons why we don't. First, there's a lack of faith. A lack of faith in God that he hears us. A lack of faith that it's going to make a difference. We don't, have a faith, we don't have any faith that anything's going to happen. But let me tell you something. He does hear you. Even when you're at your toughest moments, when your prayer doesn't feel like it gets beyond the ceiling of your bedroom or the, doesn't get beyond the roof of your car, trust me, he hears you. And I just, I just want to reiterate that. He does hear you. He does care that much about you, that what you have to say makes a difference to him. And we don't need to have that lack of faith because God is God. He does listen. He hears. Uh, next, a lack of confidence. 
and, and I'm not really talking about a confidence in God, though I think that's important. I'm talking about confidence in ourselves, you know, or our lack of confidence in our significance. Now, you can't try to find your significance, you know, alone without God, because that really is your significance in Him, in Christ. But what I'm trying to say is, is that sometimes this lack of confidence, it comes from condemnation. And condemnation will keep the power of prayer for have, from having any effect in your life. There's many business leaders that are driven, and many driven people are extremely hard on themselves. They make mistakes, and they just they beat themselves up. And a lot of times, we're so much harder on ourselves than the Lord is. He's our Father, and He cares about us. Now, I'm not saying that that means we can just go do whatever we want to do. What I'm saying is, is that the attitude should be, Lord, I'm going to put everything that I have in my relationship with you, recognizing that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to try to make mistakes. I'm going to try not to, but I'm going to. And I think that's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If you're here and you're listening to this podcast, there's a, there's a reason. It's not by accident that you're hearing this podcast today. And it could very well be that you need to hear this one thing, and that is stop condemning yourself for the mistakes that you've made or that the mistakes that you make. Because when Jesus came and he died on the cross to pay for your sins, he doesn't get back on the cross and do that again every time you make a mistake. So that tells me that the forgiveness of sins is a continual process. He continues to forgive us. We don't have to walk in condemnation. In fact, Romans chapter 8 says it. So, lack of confidence. Next is a lack of knowledge. You know, he desires for us to bring our needs to him, and he desires uh, for us to share our fears, to share our concerns, and the obstacles. But we have a lack of knowledge. We don't understand the power of prayer. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Not maybe. He says you shall have them. So you need to have this knowledge and understanding that prayer is powerful. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, people don't have a knowledge or an understanding of how important prayer is. It brings strength and power into our lives, right? It brings strength and power into our lives. So let's let's make sure that that we that we operate with the knowledge of who God is and what He says about prayer. Uh, you know, a lot of times we lack that knowledge of the essence of God. You know, in in Second Peter one and four it says, "Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, by what, by the great and precious promises." that you might be partakers of the divine nature. We can have and partake of the divine nature of God. You need to understand that. The essence of God can be in us. You know, when we pray and as we pray, that just happens. 
James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word effectual, it, it, it is where we get our word energy. It just means powerful. And availeth, it just means to have strength, to have force, to wield power. So when you pray that fervent prayer, that prayer full of energy, when you pray that prayer, it's going to avail. It's going to have strength. It's going to have force to it. And you need to have that understanding. That's part of the essence of God. So what are the keys to praying a focused prayer life? Well, let me give them to you. First of all, pray with boldness. Pray with boldness. Remember we just read Hebrews 4.16, let us come therefore boldly into the throne of grace. Come boldly. You don't have to go whimpering like a dog. Oh, Lord, I'm just such a sinner. I, I'm just such a dog. I, I'm not worthy. No, stop that. He made you worthy. Jesus made you worthy when he died on the cross. He made you worthy. So you need to go to him with boldness. Stand up straight. You know, uh, be confident. But have this boldness, right? He says, boldly go to the throne of grace. That word boldly, it means free and fearless confidence. Ooh, wow. Think about that. Let us come fearless. Let us come with fearless confidence unto the throne of grace. Wow. Does that not change that passage when you realize what that word really means? Come boldly. Come free and fearless, or and with fearless confidence to the throne of grace. Awesome. This boldness comes when you understand who you are in Christ. It comes when you understand your authority. See, you have authority as a believer. Let me give you a wisdom key. Authority is delegated power. You understand that? Authority is delegated power. You know why that people stop? When a policeman in uniform puts his hand out in front of cars, if I were to try to do that, I'd probably get run over. But if a police officer does it and he's in uniform, people stop. Why? Because they recognize the authority. It's delegated power that's been given to him by that police force. They recognize it. Authority is delegated power. It comes when you understand that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what his word declares. That happens, you get that boldness when you understand it comes uh, when you know that you're more than a conqueror in Christ, right? So pray with that boldness, come boldly. And then, again, it's kind of followed up to that, pray with confidence. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, I'm going to come back to that will, it says, if we have, we have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, but we don't know what his will is. Now, let me answer that question here in a minute. But you have confidence. Hebrews 10.35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. What does? What has great recompense of reward? Your confidence. Your confidence. Stop telling God about your problems. Start telling your problems about God. Let me say that again. Stop telling God about your problems and start telling your problems about God. Next, pray with expectation. You know, many people say things like, I don't really deserve God's blessing on my business. I, I, I don't think 
you know, my business will ever be large or really successful. I, I, I don't think I have what it takes. Well, what's Mark eleven twenty three say? For very verily I say unto you that whatsoever or whosoever say, say, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but should believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Stop cursing yourself. Stop telling yourself you can't do things when you pray. Stop telling God that. Because God looks at you and he sees a conqueror. That's what he sees. He sees somebody in Christ. So come with an expectation. You know, Jesus was constantly creating expectation in people. Remember the woman at the well? He says, you're, you're giving me this water from this well. I've got water that you don't even know I have. And she's like, well, what are, what, what are you talking about? He's creating expectation. He tells her, he says, I have water that when you drink it, you'll never thirst again. And she said, oh, i got to have that. I want some of that water. He was creating an expectation. What, what about the, uh, the blind man uh, that came to him on the street that day? They were all telling him to shut up. But Jesus had created an expectation in, the, in this man's life that Jesus would heal him, and he did. But he came with an expectation. All the weary that came to him, he said, I'll give you rest. He was, again, creating expectation. You've got to expect him to hear you. You've got to expect him to answer. You've got to expect him or expect yourself to hear his voice. The next thing you've got to do when you're praying focused prayers, and this is very important, is to pray his word. You remember we talked about if anybody prays in his will, remember that? And I said, I'm going to come back to that. Well, this is it. What is his will? It is the Word of God. That's the will of God for your life. If it's in the Word and He says it about you, that's His will for your life. I don't concern myself with, does God want me to be blessed? Because His Word tells me He does want me to be blessed. I don't argue with the Word over that. That's what He says to us, right? So we have to pray His Word. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 8 through 10, we find the story of the centurion who has a sick you know, child, and Jesus says, well, come on, let's go, and I'll pray for your daughter, and she'll be healed. Centurion says, no, I'm a soldier. You don't have to come. I give orders, and, and they go, and, and they do what I tell them to do. You just got to speak the word only, is what he said. Speak the word only. In Ecclesiastes 8 and 4, he says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Did you know that the word of God says, I wish that you reigned as kings and priests upon the earth? Upon the earth now. I'm not talking about once you get to heaven. I'm talking about right now. What he's trying to get us to understand is, is that our word has authority and power, especially when we speak it out of our mouth what God's word says. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, if that passage is true, we ought to be asking God for more than we ever have because we can have confidence. That's his word. In Psalms 81 and 10, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Let God fill your mouth when you're praying. Pray his word for your business. Begin to pray focused prayers for you. Begin to pray focused uh, prayers for your family. Begin to pray focused prayers for your business. 
And I promise you, you'll begin to see answers. You'll begin to get direction. Your relationship with the Lord will get stronger. You'll see him as a heavenly father that truly loves his children. God wants to bless you and your business. Now, be sure to go to the Christian Business Concepts website. And in the, the, the folder or in the tab that says resources, there is a, break, a business prayer outline that I developed you know, years ago for myself. Uh, and it was a, a prayer outline that I, I pray every morning. It's a, you know, about the business, uh, about work. And it's something I do. It's there available for you. Uh, you know, feel free to take it, change it, do whatever you want to. It's a resource for you. Okay? And I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I want you to remember, Jesus is Lord, and He cares about your success. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to ChristianBusinessConcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.